Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and uh, today we're going to be covering a couple different stories, but the first one we're going to hit on is actually a pseudo follow-up to last week when we talked about Todd Rogers and his faked dragster score and all of his records being removed from Twin Galaxies. Well, oftentimes with things like this, when you tug on a thread, it starts to really unravel and other things start to come undone. So... Today, then, the story uh, came across, technically yesterday, uh, there was a great Kotaku article about it, and it's entitled, Former World Record Donkey Kong Score Now in Dispute. So, you might remember, uh, there was a documentary, obviously, most people have seen it, called The King of Kong. It's a documentary about the high score for Donkey Kong, and it starred uh, Billy Mitchell, and he was kind of, um, I guess you'd say he was the villain of the movie, and I didn't like that movie for that sense of they I felt like they kind of angled him that way on purpose like you had uh Weeby who was like the 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 good guy who was trying to dethrone the champ and then you had Billy Mitchell who was the the jerk who needed to be put in his place like the like like the typical 80s you know 90s um teen movie so anyway Billy Mitchell uh has has been known for a while to be one of the most prominent Donkey Kong players in the whole world well recently his scores from DKF, which I'm guessing just stands for Donkey Kong forums, uh, have actually been removed from that forum. And the person who did the removing, who seems to be a mod on that forum, is pushing to have his records all removed from Twin Galaxies. So once again, we have a, a story of something happens and all the pieces crumble and all the rest of this all falls apart. So I've got a bunch of tabs open. So again, bear with me here as I'm kind of mission and mashing and going back through all the uh, through all the the data here but here's kind of how the kotaku article starts uh when it kind of gets some basic info here and then you know toss my opinion out and everything uh so there was uh it, it's been recognized by the forum for eight years so in on, on the day on july 31st of 2010 Mitchell recorded uh, recorded world record scores for Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. after a session at Boomer's Arcade in Florida. He was supposed uh, he supposedly logged a score of one million sixty two thousand eight hundred points in Donkey Kong, and one million two hundred seventy thousand nine hundred points in Donkey Kong Jr. So then last week, there's and this has actually been a thread that's been going on for quite a while. A dispute was opened up by the guy I was just telling you about uh, who who's challenging the authenticity of Billy Mitchell's score. So on that forum, he basically breaks down. And, and this was it was funny because, like I said, this has been going on for a while where he challenged it and the discussion has been going on. But then uh, the user, let me let me scroll up here and get his info. Uh, because this guy this guy went through a lot of time. Uh, Zelnia on the forums, who's a verified senior member on the Twin Galaxies forum, makes a post compiling evidence uh, and also having a bunch of different GIFs. And now what he is claiming is that Billy Mitchell, while he may have actually gotten those scores, he got those scores on MAME, which stands for... Um, it's, it's an arcade emulator, so uh, multiple arcade... What does it stand for? I, I, oh, I'm totally spacing out here. This is, I'm, I'm the worst. Um, but yeah, so MAME is an, an arcade emulator where it doesn't play an actual hardware. You'd play it on like your PC, or obviously there's ports to the different modded consoles, stuff like that. So uh, he, he actually has GIFs of his of how the game loads on actual hardware as opposed to 
emulation uh, on, on through MAME. Now, it's not saying that you, because there is a category for playing that game and setting the high score on MAME, but there is a different set of authenticity that you need to go through. You need to have a different set of rules and regulations when you play a game on MAME. And he claims, uh, Billy Mitchell claims that he did these on real hardware and that he was able to capture that real hardware using VHS tapes. Now, if you think about that, it's actually quite difficult to set up an arcade game to be recorded by VHS tape. Because as you know, it's not like you're hooking it up to a TV. So it's very different, a very different uh, way to hook up, very difficult. That's one of the arguments that Zelny is making here. So he he goes on to say many, many things, but really it's it's how MAME loads the game compared to how the arcade loads the games. And, I, and like if you do like a frame by frame edit, you can see uh, according to the record, uh, according to Zelnia, that the recorded footage shows proof that it was played on an emulator, so it's played on Mame instead, and it's really incredible to kind of see how deep this person went. So I don't know, because this post was done, this one was done on February second. So this was just a couple days ago, but the beginning of this thread was. I want to say back in like August or something. So this has been going on for quite a while. Let's see here. This one, this was originally started by Zelnia disputing the score in August, August 28th. So from then to now, he's obviously been compiling information and stuff like that. So there's a lot of interesting things. Um, because and, and here's kind of what he's he's noting like there's certain ways the dip switches have to be set up which is basically how you do settings in arcade games you have different dip uh switches and set like that so this is uh you know he's kind of putting in here uh like there's an official way to dispute scores so zelny has put in here you know uh this score has been questioned for years in the donkey kong community so i felt it was time to create an official dispute since i'm not sure how much text can be entered in the dispute message the bulk of my post will be in a reply the key piece of evidence is the so-called board swap video so i watched this video and it was um it showed like billy mitchell playing on on donkey kong and then they were swapping out the board to go to donkey kong jr so Billy, during the video, like they kind of show the guy behind the arcade board and the video camera gets back there and he unplugs everything. He's like, all right, now I'm swapping it for a Donkey Kong board. And then right as he like turns away, Billy Mitchell turns the camera to him and he's like, I'm not too proud to admit that uh, I don't know anything about hardware. So it's a good thing he's here because he can verify everything. And then the camera goes back to the guy. He's like, all right, we've got Donkey Kong Jr. plugged in. And it was just really weird. Um, so... Uh, here's some of the points that Zelnia brings up about this score. The first question, if everything was performed and recorded legitimately, why go through the motions to record a board swap video using only a Donkey Kong Jr. board? And then why would you mute the video? If the board swap video is a deliberate falsification created to give the impression that everything is being done legitimately, then, then it's not unreasonable to think that other facts regarding this score may have been falsified. Now that's, that's a little different. That's, that's, that's more of you know, connecting dots that may not be there. So I'm not necessarily with him on that one. Uh, but number three, it's been shown that Todd Rogers was anything but an impartial referee. By the way, if you remember my video from last week, if you've watched about Todd Rogers, he was the referee who verified the two scores. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got, we got the government talking about the deep state. I think we've got uh, twin galaxies refs in the Todd Rogers deep state here where everyone knows each other, they're friends and they're trying to help each other lock up these infinite scores, you know, and be like the kings of the arcade together. 
Uh, but anyway, so his point, it's been shown that Todd Rogers was anything but an impartial referee with impeccable integrity during his tenure at Twin Galaxies. Numerous scores supposedly done by him are under dispute. His history of self-entering scores into the database has been confirmed. And the other verifying referee during the score attempt was his significant other. <laughs> so in Zalnia's opinion, any score verified simply by the word of Todd Rogers has a serious credibility problem. I 100% agree with that. Uh, number four, Billy's previous 1 million plus scores all had some sort of video evidence. The quality of that evidence has been questioned, but they at least exist. A 1.014... A uh, million tape was viewed by Robert Merzcheck, but never submitted to Twin Galaxies. Billy's 1.047 and 1.05 million are direct feed performances, claimed to be live, but with no actual known witnesses. Uh, and lastly, number five, Billy has never demonstrated live that he's capable of scores that Twin Galaxies gives him credit for. He has never scored over a million in a live natural venue. So these are Zelnia's points uh, that he's trying to make about why these scores are fake. These are the evidence he brought up when he submitted the official claim in August. And it the, the last one I, I also have to give him a hard time for because it's if I set a world record like 10 years ago, there's nothing saying I could set that world record again now. I mean, maybe it's different, I guess, when you think of old arcade games, there certainly is a, a pattern to them that you learn. And if you're that good at it and you've played it that much, you'd think you could do that sort of thing in your sleep. But you can't really give someone a hard time for not being able to replicate a world record on command. It's kind of a special thing. That's why it's a world record, right? That's about all the benefit of the doubt I'm going to give Billy Mitchell on this one because it's really... Uh, really, really doesn't make any sense. And so then we're, we're talking about, um, you know, the rest of the evidence. He shows the pictures, you know, how the main arcade loads. Uh, now, this is what Zelnia is going on about uh, a couple days ago on February 2nd. While clearly maimed, there is no way to tell exactly how these games were performed. It's possible they were recorded in one shot. Given the playstyle in Billy's videos, it's more likely that Vanilla Mame's INP recording feature was abused, in which a person can re-record an INP as many times as they wish to craft their desired performance. Um, number two, while many people have seen Billy play in public, there are no known independent impartial objective witnesses to any of the big three games he's never scored over a million in a live venue which we talked about before uh uh billy was conveniently playing another uh, let's see here um so how did he set up the direct feed uh, they're talking about the direct feed and how difficult it would be since he says he doesn't know anything about boards uh the 1.062 was done in arcade in florida but the only live footage from that day was staged that was the boomers swap board swap video and shows no evidence of a direct feed setup todd rogers of dragster infamy was supposedly witness to the 1.05 million so we talked about that number three it's unclear if anyone ever reviewed the 1.062 million recording according to patrick scott patterson the twin galaxies refs present at the ivg hof event in Atumwa. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's in Iowa. In 2010, simply voted on whether to accept the score without reviewing any footage. While PSP's credibility is anything DK-related is questionable, his version of those events is still worth noting. And I'm pretty sure I follow that guy on Twitter. I just read this. And uh, PSP, I think I've, I follow that guy on Twitter. He's always talking about uh, his game hunting uh, videos and stuff. Uh, number four, for Billy, who has taken special care to point out how little he knows about DK hardware, it would have been essentially impossible to create a direct feed setup in the years he was submitting tapes. Again, talking about off of the actual arcade hardware. So who would have done it for him and why has that person ever been a part of any verification discussion? So again, Zelnia makes some good points here. And this is what this was on 
this was the official one that he came up with. He he himself is uh, talking about now, he says, as DKF's currently sole high score moderator, which is him, I've taken my responsibilities very seriously. I've always tried to apply what I felt were the community standards to every performance. When Corey Chambers was first crafting the original version of the HSL rules, an important section of the auxiliary rules was that a score may be accepted without following the main rules as long as it was convincingly supported in multiple other ways. This idea was tested early on with MAME games by Robbie Lakeman and Christian Van Meter, performances that were accepted with no INPs. In my view, this door swings both ways. Scores already on the board are always subject to review, and the ponderance of evidence is against it that the score should then be removed even if no single bit of evidence is a smoking gun in my view we have reached that point with billy mitchell so uh, on the dkf forums he's uh, his scores have been removed and now zelnia is petitioning twin galaxies to do the same um so what he's saying is short of live time-stamped complete footage including full views of cabinet hardware of the games in question, I will not be reinstating any of Billy Mitchell's scores in question. Should the community as a whole wish for reinstatement, then I will step down as DKF high score moderator. It's worth noting that there are still other forum mods and an admin that can update the scoreboard if they so choose. If this community and others like it are built on the idea of friendship through competition, camaraderie through our shared pains and pushing ourselves, our friends and those games to their limits, then we must strive for honesty and legitimacy. A house built on lies is not worth living in. So that's Whew, that's a lot. Uh, but that is really what this comes down to because this this truly is, a, it's like a, a, a sport, a, a classy sport like between people, you know? And yeah, obviously there's money involved and whenever there's money involved, you're tainting the waters. And Billy Mitchell has clearly, like he, he benefited from the success he's been known as being a, a Donkey Kong uh, legend, you know? So it, it makes sense to why because in, in the last video talking about Todd Rogers, I kept, I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it and I kept wrapping my head around it. and then people were really in the comments were great and people were just bringing it up saying, look, it's, it's that simple. It's money and it's fame and it's, it's this pompous attitude of, I want to be better than everybody else. I still don't understand how you can fake being better than everybody else when you know you're a fake. Uh, I think that'll always bother me uh, because how do you in your own head, do you convince yourself that it was legit or do you go, it's, I'm really good. So me having the high score is okay, even if I had to fake it, because I mean, I'm still really good. Is that what they're thinking? Right? I, it, it just makes my head just shrink and it, it just like crumbles and I, I can't get around it. So that was uh, what was brought up on Twin Galaxies then. And so you have, uh, so that's been kind of what's going on. Um, and I, I have to kind of say I'm okay with, with anything that is even perceived as being illegitimate being removed and i think it's okay for them to remove him because really these forums it's not like especially the dkf uh the dk forums it's not like they have any responsibility to anyone they're just trying to be a legit place to post scores and if that's all they're trying to be they have to they have to err on the side of caution they have to they have the ones who to verify that everything's accurate so if they remove a score and he's allowed to resubmit that score at some point then and and prove it again under whatever means they deem necessary then that's how it should be i really believe that uh it's also funny because billy mitchell was also a referee at twin galaxies at one point so it's it's like this really weird like incestual relationship going on with all the people that work there and then people verifying other scores that have scores that they themselves enter and aren't verified and ah, it's just it's just a big mess and so 
uh, uh, Billy Mitchell was contacted by Kotaku to, to get a comment, to hear anything. After multiple uh, attempts, he never responded. Um, so then they t- a little another side of the story was they talked to a former Twin Galaxies employee named David Nelson. Now, he was a representative who met with Mitchell at the Big Bang event in Ottumwa, Iowa, to uh, to discuss further verification of the score before adding it to their public leaderboards. So apparently Mitchell was planning to announce his records to the public during that event. Uh, According to another Twin Galaxies former employee, Patrick Scott Patterson, PSP, Rogers presented Twin Galaxies with VCR recordings of the scores, but said to his knowledge, the tapes could not be viewed or verified at that time. So I don't know how that works, that Billy Mitchell apparently gave them the tapes, but the tapes couldn't be watched. Maybe they didn't have a VCR. Like, that's, I guess, totally reasonable, especially if you're at an event in 2006 i mean it's certainly possible you didn't just have a vcr lying around um so david nelson says i do remember there was talk of a tape i think it was in todd's possession but did i see it no i don't know if todd was hanging on to it for safekeeping or not letting people see it but even if we did get it there there would have been no time to review the tape in the manner that was required uh so then of course now it's unclear what happened to the tape evidence that billy mitchell apparently had uh nelson also describes a talk with mitchell wherein he outlined concerns with the verification process and according to him the conversation was initially cordial before taking a turn (laughs) so this is where it gets a little exciting the conversation started getting a little ugly nelson said he seemed like his plans were being threatened the plans to announce his high score at this event in Atumwa in 2006 and uh nelson claims that billy mitchell threatened to make things bad for twin galaxies now real quick part of that could be since he was a former referee maybe he knew and this is just me going off on a cuff but maybe he knew about what todd rogers had done and he knew that stuff was fake and he knew that twin galaxies was allowing it what if he was willing to say you know what i'll blow twin galaxies up figuratively not literally i will (laughs) i will blow twin galaxies up if you don't respect my scores again what essentially feels like bullying to me at this point bullying him into it um both patterson and nelson recall a night of lengthy arbitration where twin galaxies representatives decided whether or not to take mitchell's scores uh this was a pretty big deal quote this was a pretty big deal and i certainly wasn't going to make the call alone nelson said we talked about it for hours and we hashed it out we were keeping the scores quiet with everyone else uh patterson told kotaku Uh, we held a secret ballot if we should take the scores I don't know what the results were. So somehow he was part of the conversation to to see if we should if they should accept the scores, but doesn't actually know essentially what happened. Uh, so what's really interesting though is this makes things a little more complicated. Was before before the announcement, his record had already been broken by another player, Mark Keel. Keel recorded a score of one point three million. And Keel's record was not verified until after Mitchell's score was announced and eventually recognized by Twin Galaxies. So it didn't really matter. Uh, this is a quote from Patterson. He satisfied the requirement for the score. Right after that, Steve Wiebe legitimately beat Billy's score on Donkey Kong, so Billy lost those scores anyway. So there's a part here that people are saying, well, what's the point of getting him removed when he lost the high score anyway? But I don't think that's fair. Anything that comes into question has to be tossed. And and. and the thing you have to question then is the integrity of the referees at twin galaxies. And of course of the guy at the donkey Kong forums, because if you don't trust their integrity, then, you know, although I'd like to think if you're going to go to their website and you're going to look at those scores and want to compete against those scores, you have to, on some level, trust 
where they're coming from, right? I mean, if you don't, then why would you spend all that time if you thought nothing was possibly legitimate? So, but that's uh, that, that's kind of the story. We'll see what happens at Twin Galaxies. They they uh, they had a forum post basically saying thank you for giving us uh, Xanthia for giving us all the information. It's going to take some time to review it, and we'll see what happens. So hopefully we'll have a follow up to that uh, relatively soon. We'll kind of let you guys know what's going on with it. So, moving on to the next story I wanted to talk about was and this one. I think this one people are going to hate for me. Uh, I think I'm really get a lot of hate for this, uh, and and I, I guess I'm willing to take it because it's this is an opinion piece, you know, and and this is what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to I'm going to hit you with what I think, and hopefully people respect that, but hopefully also we can have a good dialogue about it. But recently, uh, actually yesterday, was the return of Doctor Disrespect to Twitch. So if you don't remember, about seven or eight weeks ago. He did a live stream where he was out of character, and it's this very tear-jerking sort of, hey, I uh, I was not faithful to my wife. I need to take a break. Oh, and he's he's very sorry, and he's oh, you know, and he's 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 crying on the stream and how he's hurt his family and he loves his family and his wife's amazing and his kids are amazing, but he was unfaithful to his wife and he needs to to leave Twitch. He needs to take a break. And of course, this comes after. I don't know, like a week or two after he gets the streamer of the year award of for 2017. So he kind of comes out, you know, and has this sort of sob story and everyone's like, Whoa, okay. Um, okay. I guess, I don't know why you're publicly announcing this to your fans, but okay. You want to let them know that you cheat on your wife and that you're taking a break. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a non-story to me. It's, it just seems like it's, it's very, uh, I don't know, very attention, attention grabbing you know he's just trying to he wants all the attention on him all the time and even when it's something he's done wrong he needs all the attention uh very similar like i'm gonna talk about later but very similar to you know the the logan paul thing where like he does something really stupid and he's like i gotta take a break to reflect you know i just need to take a break and so anyway he he takes his break and then a couple weeks ago there's uh there's a, a video that he releases that's like the return of Dr. Disrespect is coming. And it's this incredibly cheesy, terrible video of him, like with, with a pair of legs, like behind him and a knife to his throat talking about his, his wife is Mrs. Assassin. And that I, it's, it was the worst thing I've probably ever seen. And, and for someone like him who has a pretty good stream setup, I'm surprised that that was so cheesy the way it was done. I, I really, just thought it was pretty terrible in, in every conceivable way. And so he announced this comeback and then there were a few leaks like, Oh, it's coming here. Oh, it's coming here. And then they finally announced it will be, you know, it was yesterday and it was at 11 PM or 11 AM Pacific. So, you know, that's kind of an off time for streaming usually. And a lot of big streamers, once they heard the time, they were actually rearranging their schedules around it because they didn't want to go against it. And the reason they didn't want to go against it was because yesterday, he peaked at 389,000 concurrent viewers. So he comes back after seven weeks off, after cheating on his wife, giving himself exile to refocus, whatever you want to say. And he comes back to the most concurrent viewers he's ever had. And besides that, gets just a ton of money and donations from people. So there were a bunch of $500 donations there were multiples and one five thousand dollar donation someone donated five thousand dollars to the return of dr disrespect now again was this somebody who said hey i uh 
I really, I really uh, enjoy streaming. I love you guys as fans, but I, I need a mental health break. I need to get my stuff back together and then I'll come back. Is that okay with you guys? Okay. No, this is somebody who cheated on his wife and, and I'll be, I'm the first one to say like infidelity to me is very high on my list of massive character flaws. And, and I'm not saying that people don't make mistakes and it could have been a mistake, but according to his own mods, it was four different women over the course of two years. So, so that's a pattern of behavior. That's not a one-time mistake. That's, it's frustrating to me. And that kind of goes into my bigger point, which is why are so many people sticking up for him? You know, it, it, it was often like, um, you know, what's going on with the movies right now and people say, oh, this actor did this. Well, but I loved him in that show, so he shouldn't, I, I still like him, you know, and you're like, what? no, you don't like him. You like the character he, he played or she played. You don't like that person. You like the character and there's nothing wrong with liking the character, but separate the character from the person, right? And so he returns to, to Twitch, gets almost 400,000 views, gets tons of money, tons of money. And <laughs> this is, this is what we live in now. You know, this is, this is our life now. And you've got people sticking up for him saying, well, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone deserves a second chance. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a second chance. And I'm not saying he can't continue to do what he wants to do. If people want to watch it, I don't blame him for doing it, but I've said this many times in this podcast, and if you're just new to the video ones and you just watch me for the first time, I'm going to say it here, and you'll hear me say this many, many times in the future if we stick around. But we're better than that, and we have to be better than that. We have to be better people than that. We we have to understand it's okay if you like Dr. Disrespect streams because he's funny and he, he's a good player at games. It's fun to watch. There's nothing wrong with that. But to give him money and to be like, hey, man, you know, I, I appreciate you and, and, and you're really great and, and, and you're, you're, you're back and I, and I love like, you know, and give, giving him money. Oh, man, it's wild to me. You know, this, this person was unfaithful to his wife, comes back after seven weeks and, and gets rewarded for it, I think is, is the frustrating part. Now, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat for a minute and I'm not going to stick to this too long. But I, I don't even necessarily know that there was any infidelity, if I'm being totally honest. This could have been the biggest con since Genghis, as they say. You know, this this could have been the biggest rub of history just because he wanted to take a break. And there's a history of, and I looked this up because there's a history of people getting abused and harassed because they want to take a break. Um, a couple of the big ones like Markiplier announced uh, that he was taking a break from YouTube recently and Lyric took a break from streaming for a little bit. And as soon as he said, hey, I'm taking a break, you know, I just oh, like mentally I'm not, I need to take a break. People jumped all over him saying stuff like, oh, you play video games for a living. You don't need a break. Oh, you, oh, video games are so hard, you know, and uh, all this other nonsense. So you almost, they got more, they got more kickback and negative feedback then a guy who cheated on his wife and and I'll say it cheated on his kids. I have no problem saying that. You know, you have kid, family, you have a family, you have a wife and a multiple time cheater. And then this guy is allowed to take a break because he jumped out ahead of it. He didn't get caught doing it. He was the first one to come out, which I've known people who have done this in the past and this is actually quite frustrating to me. But oftentimes when a cheater is about to get busted, when they go around to the people that would be really disappointed in them, they start basically guilting you and, and telling you how bad they are and how bad they feel so that you're not allowed to be angry at them. They skip that phase and they basically have you going right into the, well, it's, I feel sorry for you phase when we don't get a chance to be disappointed because they took that away from us and, and they, they got out ahead of it. 
And so I think that's what happened here. Again, I don't even necessarily know that this even happened. He might just want to take a break and didn't want to deal with the harassment of the fans. Now, is that his fault? Again, I can't really fault him for that because if that's what he really believed and he's not wrong, he took a break for seven weeks and probably just made back all the money he would have made by streaming in those seven weeks. He got paid vacation. If you want to think of it that way. And it's, uh, but we got to be better than that. It's the same thing with, uh, with, you know, was it Jake Paul? I, I can't keep the Paul brother straight, mostly because I don't care. Um, but I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick. Cause I don't want to sound like an arrogant uh, person. Who doesn't know what he's talking about. Logan Paul. Okay. So Logan Paul, same sort of thing. He, you know, he takes a break after, Oh man, you know, I, I, I did an insensitive thing and I was trying to bring aware. First he says, you know, an excuse. I was trying to bring awareness to suicide, which is just dumb. And then, and then he goes on to say, Oh, you know, I just, I, 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 I learned from my mistakes. I make mistakes. I won't do it again. I'm taking a break. And then he builds up this huge lead into I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And then he comes back and people are like, oh, thank God. I couldn't I couldn't live without you. I couldn't stand not watching. It's like, are you guys kidding me? You, you There's a million other things to watch on the Internet. You know, I, I it's it's incredibly frustrating to me that these are the sort of people that are getting this attention. And it's and again, if you like his videos, there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is when they make a mistake, you can distinguish the person from the content. Now, to be fair, that person, since he's a daily vlogger, essentially that is him. So you can't you can't act like you could separate those two because that literally is him. He's not playing a character. Dr. Disrespect or someone like, you know, you like Kevin Spacey in, in uh, House of Cards. So you don't like the fact that he you know, was, was assaulting uh, young teenage boys in Hollywood. So <laughs> you, but it's okay to still like Frank Underwood in house of cards, you know, it's, but it's not okay to think Kevin Spacey's a good guy because you liked him in that show. And, you know, so it's not okay to think that Dr. Disrespect's real life name guy who I forget his name. I don't care. And <laughs> to, to, it's not okay to be like, no, he's a good person because I really like his content. And, and this is, this is a tough thing to talk about this next part, because I, I believe this and it's, it's, it's a tough thing, but many people have come to his defense because they, they're down in the dumps. They're just, you know, they're, um, they're depressed and they, they have not a lot going for them in their lives. And this was a show that brings them joy. So this stream from Dr. Disrespect brings them joy. They, they want to hold on to that. They want to hold on to that feeling. And I totally get that. And I understand that, but that's not an excuse to be okay with what this person's done. You know, and, and I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, well, maybe we're not okay with it, but we're forgiving him. I'm like, okay, but it's, again, not a one-time mistake. We're talking about a pattern of behavior. You think this won't happen again? I, I, how, how, do you, how does it not, not happen again? You know, I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know what his family life's like, but he acts like it's the greatest family in the world. So I don't know if that makes it better or worse, the fact that, uh, that he would treat them that way. But, again, he, the, whole, the whole idea of him doing something terrible, taking a break, and then coming back to this incredible reception, I almost feel like it's distasteful for him to set it up like that. Like, it feels like a marketing ploy. But again, if people are going to do it, it's his way of making money. He's got to do his thing to make his cash. And I, I don't, I'm not going to come out against him on that. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, we, we're, we could be better than that. Let's be better people than that. Let's have a higher standard than that, right? Let's, let's hold people to a higher standard. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that's about all I got when it comes to Dr. Disrespect. I, uh, I didn't really want to stick and talk about the whole thing a lot because it's irritating quite frankly. And, and I think that we, as people have to 
give our time and our attention to better people, you know, and, and he, I just don't think he's one of the better people. Is he entertaining? Yes. Is he funny in a, in a, you know, a jerky, like cocky sort of like male domineering kind of way? Absolutely. Like I get it. I get why it's funny. Um, but you know, let's separate the people and still admit that he's kind of a piece of crap human being, you know? Uh, and then a couple more little stories. One, we're going to talk about, uh, sub the subnautica, a developer has been fired for things he said. And then, uh, a, a really tiny story at the end, but Konami, uh, is unsure about why Metal Gear Solid's nuclear disarmament event triggered. So, uh, second to lastly, then the subnautica developer who was fired over hateful statements. So subnautica's sound designer, Simon Chalinski has been fired following an outcry over insensitive statements made on his Twitter account. Uh, a little bit about Subnautica. It's an underwater survival game full of noises and whatever, and it's whatever. Um, now, this is a little weird, but now Charlie Cleveland, who is the game developer, um, put up a a poll. This was, uh, what's the date on this? I don't know when the date on this is. But basically the poll was, would you prefer we added the option to play as a woman in Subnautica or improve the core game? So it was basically a, a poll that uh, that Chalinski had actually commented on and, and replied to. Um, a lot of people argue, let's see here, uh, a lot of people argue that Chalinski is oftentimes trolling. Uh, not that that's necessarily an excuse. Um, but then there were, after, you know, so after they looked at this, um, this poll, you know, the Internet Army comes out of the woodwork to dig deep for other things. So here were some other tweets that they found from Chalinski. There was one about immigration claiming, quote, importing random people from the third world is also importing third world tier crime rates and IQ, end quote. Another tweet mocked a poll on YouTube about gender diversity by referencing attack helicopters. So that was a, a poll that said, uh, actually, it was a picture of YouTube saying, which gender do you identify with? And it was a bunch of different options, including male, female, transgender, female, transgender, male, gender variant, non-conforming, and then prefer not to answer or not listed. To which... Uh, he replied, helicopter, the attack kind. Uh, I don't, I mean, insensitive, yes, but I would argue that that's a really bad joke. That's just not funny. Like he's trying to say, oh, you know, uh, there's all these options now for what gender you are. So I can pick to be, uh, an attack helicopter or whatever. Insensitive. Yes. Um, you know, transphobic, I would say no, but I would say in bad taste, you know, of course like that. Um, so as of February 2nd, Chalinski had been working on a Subnautica expansion, but yesterday he tweeted, so I just got fired. <laughs> uh, and then game director Charlie Cleveland confirmed that Chalinski is no longer in development or no longer with developer Unknown World, who is the developer of Subnautica. Uh, quote, over the weekend, we discovered that one of our team members had made many hateful statements online that are against the company values. After discussing the matter with him, we decided to stop working with him immediately. Uh, so basically I, the first thing people are always going to bring up with something like this is the first amendment and free speech. So I always have to start these kind of talks whenever we talk about someone getting fired for something they say with explaining to people how the first amendment works. The first amendment basically gives you right to free speech that you cannot be persecuted by the government for things you say that that is what the first amendment is about is about free speech being able to say whatever you want without government persecution 
it does not grant you immunity to saying anything you want while in a private company's employment and being guaranteed to stay there and be employed by a private company. That's what this is. So this is a game development company that has an image to uphold. Uh, whether they allow this sort of behavior and only fired him when it got bad, who knows? But once it blew up, they let him go. And it's not a free speech debate when he did something that was viewed as hurtful to a company and that company decides to move on without him. It's the same thing when, you know, a newscaster gets fired for saying something. Uh, I think there was an ESPN, Jamel, I can't remember her last name. Uh, and she made a comment about how uh, Trump is racist on her like sports show. And she ended up getting, I think, demoted and then eventually let go from ESPN over that. That's also not a free speech violation. Um, she, she is allowed to say whatever she's want without the government being able to put her under arrest for it. Uh, but she's not allowed to say whatever she wants and then not expect the company to make certain things. I can't, when I worked at GameStop for many, many, many years, I couldn't go up to a customer and tell them to go F themselves and then be like, Hey man, that's free speech. GameStop can't fire me. No, of course they can. And they would, I was going to use the reference about my own store, but obviously I'd be the one who'd fire myself. So I wouldn't have made any points. That's why I had to, uh, mention my time at GameStop there. So anyway, that's the first thing you always have to talk about is you have to talk about the first amendment. You have to get it out of the way because it's not a first amendment issue. Now, customers of this company could certainly boycott this product if they don't like how that company handles its first amendment issues or how it handles its uh, free speech issues. You know, if, if a company decides that when someone says something negative about transgender community or immigration, then they and they choose to let someone go, then you get to choose if you want to support a company that has values that don't align with your own. So again, it, everyone's allowed to do whatever they want. But when you work for a company, there's a certain line that, you know, you toe a line. It, it, I don't understand why that's so hard for people to understand. You set a, they, they set a standard, you live by it, you play by their rules or you don't play. I mean, that that's, like, am I taking crazy pills here? Like, that's just how the world works. I don't, I don't know why anyone should get special treatment. Now, if you want to talk about should he have been fired over those comments, that's an interesting conversation to get into. So I would argue that if, if now, <laughs> I mean, all I'm looking at is the, is the Kotaku article where they had a few examples. One, mocking a gender diversity picture. One, the, the tweet about importing people from a third world country is also importing world crime rates and IQ. Uh, I would say that's close to me to getting offensive enough to irritate someone. And then uh, he other tweets make light of global pay inequalities, praise colonialism, or reference quote-unquote SJW logic. So clearly there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of references to these weird things he said. Um, I guess, so say in, in my, okay, so since I own my own company, I can say this. So say I had an employee for me and he went on Facebook and started saying a whole bunch of horrendous and racist things, not saying that that's what Chalinski did, just saying that if they did, uh, I would probably let them go for that. If, if, if I deemed it was bad enough to be let go, uh, I don't, I think this is something that would have blown over. I don't think, uh, the developers of Subnautica needed to let this person go or people, or they would lose sales. I don't think it was that bad, but clearly there's something like this must've been, if someone's saying this stuff on Twitter, they have to be saying this stuff in real life too. I mean, that's just a fact. These are these person's beliefs. So maybe he was causing a toxic work environment. And then this being public just made everything come together and be like, you know what? This guy's not worth the trouble. That's believable, but we don't know that. I mean, that's at this point, that's just me throwing stuff out and seeing what happens and guessing that's, that's my own 
projections. I have no idea if that's true or not. But uh, so that's a more interesting question. Like, was what he did bad enough to get him fired? But that's up to the person who owns the company. And according to them, they, they was. And I think that uh, any company, because, you know, people who complain about the Constitution and free speech and the right to do whatever you want to do, you aren't thinking about that company because that company gets to do whatever they want to do, too. And what they want to do is let go of that person. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's totally OK. And that's how that's how it's going to be. So <laughs> it was their choice. But it is one of those things that it just proves that you're not immune to anything like like social media has made us really strange that way. Like it's almost like he used social media as a way to say the things he always wanted to say, but it's public. You know, it's not like he was sitting around a table with his dad at Thanksgiving. It was like, Oh yeah, you know, those immigrants, you know, third world IQs and hell holes. And then they, Oh, you know, grumble, grumble, grumble. He, he puts this stuff on the internet. Like, Hey, look at me. I'm making this statement. Social media has made us very weird. Uh, in, in, in almost the fact that we want the attention on us, positive or negative. And then we're upset when the consequences come down. Like, did we all forget that there's consequences to our actions? You know what I mean? What, what is, how do we forget that? It's basic stuff, man. This is, this is the world we live in. That's how, it's how the world works. It always worked. Actions have consequences. Boom, done. Moving on. Uh, so my last story, this is a little one. This is an interesting one though. I like this a lot. Uh, so uh, you may or may not know. So I'm a big Metal Gear guy, a uh, big Metal Gear Solid fan. Metal Gear Solid five was really awesome. Gameplay wise was pretty lame story wise. Uh, and it was the final Metal Gear done by Hideo Kojima. So I think it might be the final Metal Gear as far as anyone's concerned uh, of any substance. And there was a, there was an online event that ha would cue a special cutscene in the game. This was a, kind of an ingenious cutscene because I don't think anybody would ever see it. And I think Kojima might have known that, but there's a hidden cutscene, uh, and there's an event called nuclear disarmament. So it's a hidden event in the game that will only be unveiled once users online disarmed all of their nuclear weapons. So that means every person playing online had to get rid of their nukes, uh, when they use them for like the, uh, FOB missions and like the, the invading other people's bases and stuff like that. So take a wild guess. No, it never happened. In fact, there were, there are more nukes than ever. Uh, however, uh, was this yesterday? Yes, it was yesterday. Uh, over the weekend, the story was yesterday over the weekend, the event triggered on PC. So that would tell you, holy crap. Like, did they actually do it? The event triggered and everybody. So like they disarmed every nuke. However, no, they didn't. And so Konami was asked about it and in surprising, absolutely no one doesn't know what happened. Uh, they announced on Twitter, the company has confirmed that the event triggered prematurely. The global nuke count for the PC version is not at zero. So this event shouldn't be even be happening. They are still looking into what occurred so that they can prevent this kind of thing from happening again. So they don't know what triggered it triggered on steam. And I, I heard some reports that it was also happening on the Xbox one version. So, I heard, and I heard somebody saying something about there were actually so many nukes that it could have been a programming glitch that once this number of nukes hit a number, it, it reset some sort of counter and then that triggered the event. Now these games, you guys have to understand if you don't know anything about game design, the, the millions of lines of code that go into these things, 
easily a mistake that could never have been caught because no one ever triggered the event. So again, it's not really much of a, a main news story, but it was super cool to me because I love Metal Gear and I loved the idea of what Kojima was trying to do. He was trying to, in my mind, I think he was trying to prove that it could be done. That if players came together and rallied, they could disarm every nuke and then get a special cutscene for their trouble. I think he was wrong. I don't think the players will ever come together. Plus, I don't know, does this count players that are offline? Like, what if you have nukes and then I just decide to stop playing? Is it, do my nukes eventually go away? Like, do they expire? Because that's really annoying, too. If I come back after three months, I kind of want to have the nuke I worked so hard to get, right? But anyway, uh, just a neat little story about how, you know, even in video games, nuclear disarmament is just a massive myth and it'll never happen. But it is what it is. <laughs> um, and then, so that's it for the news stories today. So uh, lastly, I'm going to pick my game of the week. All right, so I love this game. So this is actually uh, Battletoads Double Dragon is, uh, for the Sega Genesis. I actually prefer the uh, Genesis version over the regular Nintendo version. Um, other people would probably argue with me about that. But basically... It's a beat 'em up, but done uh, and it's done by Trade West, published by Trade West, done by uh, Rare, actually. Um, so it runs off of the Battletoads engine. So if you've ever played like the Double Dragon games on NES and the Battletoads games on NES, I think it's fair to say the Double Dragon, or excuse me, the Battletoads games have a much better control scheme. And so when they did the crossover Battletoads Double Dragon, which makes no sense, by the way, but when they did the crossover, they used the Battletoads engine. So the game is awesome. And it's a really good beat-em-up, super good uh, graphics, just really, really fun. Both characters are fun to play. Um, both, you know, like like the, the Double Dragon characters had, like, they had moves uh, marquee to them. The Battletoads had moves that were special to them. And you kind of fight through the Battletoad, like a combination of Battletoads and Double Dragon enemies. So there is an NES version of this game as well, which is also very good. But it's very expensive. I want to say a loose cart goes for around 100 bucks. So the Genesis version complete, I think I got for like 30 And I actually like better. Um, but just an incredible game, man. This is just one, you know, this is one for the record books. It's a really good one. And I highly recommend everybody play it. So as always, that's the show for today, everybody. I appreciate you listening and watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you could hit that subscribe button and share and follow us, we'd really appreciate it. I'm on Twitter at game <laughs> at drop rate, Greg, geez, I don't even know my own Twitter handle. And, uh, if you are watching this on, or if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, that is really appreciated. Thank you so much. If you get a chance, you can go to droprate.life if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube or just go to YouTube and look up The Drop Rate. And um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. That's the show for today. I love you guys. I appreciate you always for watching, guys and gals. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon.